This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. My Pastor Michael, talk about our sponsor today. Uh, our sponsor today is coffee. Oh, yeah. And, coffee, coffee, uh, coffee. just want to say thank you to Caffeine and to Drugs for allowing <laughs> us to be hyper-stimulated. Not- well, I mean, caffeine, the drug. <laughs> caffeine drug. You know what I mean. Come on, audience. <laughs> you said drugs. No. Uh, truly want us to say all glory to God for caffeine. Um, yes. We love and, our uh, coffee. We do. So, Tim, how many cups have you had today? About five. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm only on number two, ironically, but I'm pacing it out because I have meetings at Starbucks throughout the day. Yeah, you're so. headed to Starbucks, Starbucks right after this <laughs> Yeah, meeting. I got to pace myself. So really grateful to God for that. Um, so listeners, download the Village Church of Bartlett app. On that app, you're going to get access to all of our podcasts, Q&A podcasts, training podcasts, sermon podcasts, and you're also going to get access to our blogs. And you can submit a question there if you want, which brings us to our three big asks of the day. Number one, Tim. Make sure you are submitting a question either through the app or at vcob.org. And on our homepage, you can submit a question by typing in your question to Awesome. Us. Number two, what you can do is share this. We would share appreciate it, share it, share that. It. We would like to get this um, yeah, out and we want to help you uh, make disciples and uh, help more people get this content. Number three, make sure that you are rating and reviewing this by going to the iTunes store and giving us five stars. All right, Pastor Michael, here's our question for today. Did the Old Testament followers of God believe in a prosperity gospel? Yes and no. no. Yes and no. All right. So we have to take our, our time and make sure we vet out our ideas mm-hmm. carefully. First, let's define the prosperity gospel. The prosperity gospel is if you will do certain things, then God will reward you financially. Big picture is that God's desire for every Christian is that they would be happy, Health. Healthy, wealthy, Mm -hmm. and um, that would be the rubric over their lives. And then as people see my happiness, healthiness, and wealthiness, that they would say, you must be obeying God. So obedience, and usually this obedience is connected to greater financial generosity in the American or we'll say Western exploitation of the prosperity gospel. Um, And so, uh, yeah, so if you are bad, though, God starts making you unhappy. He takes your money and you, for example, if you have cancer, Answer, it's typically because of some sin in your life and you have to repent of it. Now, do we believe that, Tim? Not at all. No, it's nonsense. So, no way. Um, that is fundamentally what the prosperity gospel is. So um, this person is asking the question, and in their question, they reference Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11, which says that God wants to prosper them. And, and let me just bring you back to the Old Testament. Okay, mm-hmm. We have the Old Testament, which is mostly dealing with God's interaction with Israel. Israel most, not all a, of it, but a, most of it mm-hmm. as a country, as, as a, country, a as nation, a as a as people. A nation. Yep. As a, yeah. So we're saying the same thing. Good. And God has a functional constitution with this nation. And that, that constitution is what we now call the Old Covenant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now it's the old covenant because when God made this covenant, he built in an expiration date into it. Yes. And that the old covenant itself promises that one day a new covenant will come mm-hmm. and will replace this old covenant. So the old covenant was a temporary constitution between God and the people of Israel um, that would 
preserve this nation until the Messiah, Jesus, um, would be born out of it and then inaugurate a new covenant. So in communion, you may hear us say, we quote Jesus saying, um, this blood is of the new, new covenant, covenant, right? Yes. So the blood of Jesus inaugurated a new covenant, therefore making the old covenant obsolete, mm-hmm. which is what the book of Hebrews references, that we are now no longer under the old covenant. But let's get back to the point. In the Old Testament, God interacted with Israel according to this covenant, and it would appear that um, God promises national prosperity if they would be faithful to his word. Mm -hmm. This is how God dealt with the nation of Israel. So the reason there are prosperity preachers today is they are pulling out, um, we'll say, um, sections of God's constitution with Israel and and applying them to the church well, or is, individuals today, right? And yeah. that is not the way the Old Testament is supposed to be used. Right. The promises for Israel were for that nation under that constitution and that contract. There's now a new contract, a new covenant, a new constitution that God has with the people of God, the church now. Right. So it's just really important to understand that the reason people. So when somebody opens up an Old Testament passage. And they declare a promise, if you obey me, I will have your land flowing with milk and honey, right? And then they apply it to the church. God did not intend that to be applied in this period of redemptive history. And that's where it comes from. Prosperity preachers are just bad students of the Bible. Yes. Um, And oftentimes they're motivated by greed. I would say almost all the time. Yes. So so you just got to be really careful about what Old Testament passages they're quoting. Um, And so there are different things like um, levels of fertility are promised. Um, But it didn't mean that people didn't suffer and die and get sick because we we all have sin and we all Mm -hmm. all die. The prosperity gospel takes us to all new levels, which basically says God, his only intention for Christians is happiness, healthiness, and wealth. And if you're not, if you're obeying, that's what you get. And if you don't, then you lose it. And if you're struggling financially and you're in debt, just give a whole bunch of money. Give more money. Give more money to the church or to a ministry. Some dude usually um, or some lady. Uh, and if you give them money, God will increase your fold, a yeah. hundredfold, whatever. It's all junk. So don't give your money so to those seed. people. Yeah, um, that's ridiculous. So um, so as we say that, I want to root all of this prosperity teaching is that it is, it is in a misapplication and understanding of the promises that God made to Israel and applying them to a group of people they don't promise to. For example, it is like some kid that I don't know going to me and saying, give me your inheritance. Well, you don't deserve it. No. And then he says, well, you promised to your kids that when you died, they would get your inheritance. Right. Because that promise applies in my relationship with my children. My kids. Not to you. You don't get to take my promises to my kids and then apply them out of context to you and try to stand in a court of law and say, no, he said it, you know, like you get my inheritance. The point is, the prosperity preachers of the New Testament, if we as Christians go into the New Testament and try to pull out those promises and apply them to us, they were never intended for us. Not okay? Now, in every promise, we learn something about the nature and character of God, which never changes, mm-hmm. but we just need to be very careful when we read them. Right. And all we have to do is look at the life and the ending of every one of our apostles. Every one of those New Testament apostles did not 
in their lives healthy, wealthy, and and, and happy, and, yeah. and happy. Not yep. not at all. Yeah. So basically, here's the irony. Here's here's the big distinction. In the old covenant, because God's concern was preserving a nation through which the Messiah would come out of, He wanted to preserve this nation as long as He could. Um, the promise was, if you obey as a nation and your leaders right. obey, I will prosper you. Here's the promise in the new covenant: if you obey, you you will be likely killed, ostracized, polarized. That's right. Um, that is the promise. So Jesus is like, yeah, you've heard it said, um, all this stuff. I'm here to tell you things are going to now work a little bit different because now God, um, since the purpose of the nation of Israel has been fulfilled in my first coming, now what's going to happen is there is a new global agenda, and that is as many people from all tribes, tongues, nations, and languages would hear the gospel and come to Jesus Christ. And so now we're going to give our lives away for this, we'll say, shifting focus of agenda that God has under the new covenant in this, we'll call it church age of redemptive history. Yes. So um, big picture, uh, you need to be careful when you read uh, promises made to Israel and applying them to yourself. Yes. Now, uh, I want to say something hard and big, and then I want to defend it. There are no promises or laws or rules that um, God made to Israel in the Old Testament that a Christian is bound by. Mm. Not one. They have all been declared obsolete. Now, at this point, you're, you're saying, what about the Ten Commandments? Yep, keep going, keep Come going. Come on. So here's, here's the deal. And then I'm going to illustrate this and make the point. There's now a new covenant with new laws. And a lot of those laws are the same because they're emerging out of the same God. Yes. Um, but many of them are not the same. Many of them are done. So, for example, you don't have to kill animals anymore. You don't have to celebrate feasts and festivals anymore. Um, um, but many, I think it's nine of the Ten Commandments are pretty much reiterated yes. in the new law. I don't obey the Ten Commandments because they're taught in the Old Testament. I obey the Ten Commandments because they're reiterated in the new law, in the mm -hmm. new covenant, which is articulated through the apostles and the gospels um, in Scripture. And some of those Ten Commandments are not only reiterated, but they are defined in a tighter yes, spectrum. Absolutely. So in the old covenant, it was just don't kill. Now it's uh, don't the, have hatred don't in have, your heart because right. you've already murdered your brother if you've done that. Yep. Don't uh, commit adultery. Old Testament. And Jesus is like, no, we're going to amp this sucker up. If you look at a woman lustfully, yep, you've committed, you've committed adultery, adultery in your heart. Um, so uh, I, I want to give an illustration that I think helps make sense of this. I want you to imagine you're in Canada, and Canada's law judicial system is fundamentally built on a Judeo-Christian ethic, okay? So is America's. Now, yes. they might be more liberal in some areas and conservative in others, but at the core, don't lie, cheat, steal, kill, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But really, the law would be actually um, don't lie on your taxes, don't steal money from the government, don't kill anybody, don't whatever. So yes. now, the moment you cross the border into America, you are not bound by one single law in Canada. They have no jurisdiction over you. It is gone. It is done. Until you cross the border again, That those laws are gone. When you come into America, now you're under American law. Right. Are there similarities? Yes. Yes, because they're both built on the same ethic. But now there is a new system, a new law. The old law has no binding on you. You're here and now. Mm -hmm. That's sort of what it's like coming from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant, the Old Testament to the New Testament, the time before Christ to the time after Christ. Um, you're leaving one law. You're going to a new law. Yes, there are similarities, um, but I am no longer bound by the old law. Right. So when a prosperity preacher 
goes to the old law, if he tries to take Canadian law and apply it to me in America, that doesn't, doesn't work. work. It has no authority or jurisdiction because Canadian law was made for people on Canadian land. American law is different. You cannot take their laws and prosecute me in America when I'm violating American laws um, you can't prosecute me for right. Canadian violations. So point being, I hope that's an illustration that helps our, our listeners. You just need to know when you're reading the Old Testament, the Old Testament reveals God's plan, God's history, God's nature, God's character. Mm-hmm. Um, and every law tells us a bit about who God is, but it does not mean that every law applies in each season of redemptive history in the same way. So Michael, what we're saying is clearly God promised to bless and take care of Old Testament Israel and what we have today in the prosperity gospel is not the same, does not translate over accurately at all. At all. Okay. Listeners, thanks for joining us today. Please come back next time when we answer the question, what is meant in 1 Peter 3.21 when Peter says, baptism now saves you? 